0: I love this series that we are in, and today we're going to be uh, continuing this series and overwhelmed, and if you're taking notes, which I hope that you are because it's proven that, uh, that if you take notes, there's more likelihood that you make it into heaven as opposed to don't take notes. Not true. I just made that up. Um, but uh, we're going to be, here's, the, here's what we're going to be talking this morning. We're going to be talking on pressing the mute button, pressing the mute button, and we want to talk about this thing called the Sabbath. This thing called the Sabbath, and why it is so important, and why it is important that we, that we honor it, that we practice it, that we live it out. Listen, not just on a Sunday, but every day of our life. This, the Sabbath was given to us by the Lord for a reason. And I'm gonna cover three things this morning it's the purpose of the Sabbath, the practice of the Sabbath. And then the person of the Sabbath. Before we get into that, many of you know if I don't know how many of you follow me on social media. I have an Instagram account, a Facebook account, and, and so I try to post as I get opportunity. If you're not following me, that's okay. I forgive you uh till the end of the service. If you have to, I mean after service you have to click me on, but um, I, I am an outdoor person. My dad raised me in the woods and on the water. I love the outdoors. I love spending time in the outdoors. I look for opportunities to be in the outdoors. Now, not all of it has to do with work. Most of it, I love the outdoors because of the things that I get to do either in the woods or on the water. I've got several pictures that they'll probably be um, showing up here in a few minutes. Uh, I turned 50 this year. I know I look 35, but it's okay. Okay. Um, I turned 50 this year and my wife asked me, she said, What do you want to do for your 50th birthday? I said, I want to, I want to scratch one of my bucket list things off. She said, What's that? I said, I want to go fly fishing in Montana. I, lo- I love the outdoors, but I, ever since I saw a river runs through it, I wanted to go fly fishing in Montana. I said, I want to be Brad Pitt and just you know fight the fish down the river and the water and go under and come up with the monster trout. And so there's a few pictures. This was the biggest fish that I caught. This is like a 20-inch rainbow trout. That's my guide, Eric. Eric was amazing. My son and I got to go and experience the fly fishing. That's the Yellowstone River on the backside there. And uh, what a, I'm telling you, I could have stayed on that water all day long. Listen, if I would have been in that boat in South Louisiana, I'd have been soaking wet. Not because I was in the water, but because of the humidity. I didn't sweat at all the entire time I was on the water. It was almost all day. I think we got off the water at like 5.30 and didn't sweat. I was like, I'm loving Montana. I wanted to move to Montana. No humidity, no sweating. And then the guy said, yeah, but we have 50 50 below during the wintertime. I love Louisiana. I'm going home. But we had a great time. This is what you don't see in this picture. There's a herd of of elk on the backside there. I saw elk and bison. Saw some. uh, What were some other things we saw? My son was like, "Where's the grizzly bear?" I said, "Hopefully as far away from us as we can get." I'm not into grizzly bears, but we just. I love. I love the hiking and and uh, I love being out in nature. I love. I'm into fly fishing right now. I I got hooked. I got the bug when I went to Montana. And, uh, and so, But I am horrible at it. There's actually a picture of me. That's my crew right there, my wife and my son and my daughter. And, um, but there's a picture of me in my kayak up here. And, and I love to kayak fish. Uh, and, and I've enjoyed it for about 10 years. But I've learned that trying to fly fish and kayak at the same time, that's a whole other level. And, uh, and I need help. So if you're a fly fisherman and you give lessons, I'm signing up because I need all the help I can get. Uh, it's so much easier just to kind of throw a bait and reel it in, but boy, when you start doing fly, it, anyway, but I, I love the outdoors, and um, a few years back, my wife uh, blessed me. She's always looking to try to help me out in areas, and, and one thing that I love doing when I'm out going hiking or, or just being in areas, I love just kind of being outside, and, uh, and my wife bought this hammock for me a few years ago, and um, and, and when, I, when I started thinking about this message this morning, I started thinking, Pastor Mike, he can swing on a swing in church, slide on a slide in church. And I just thought, why can't I just sit in my hammock? So I, I brought this hammock with me this morning. I love this hammock. It's an Eno hammock, and I just I, I enjoy it. Now, most of the time when I'm in this hammock, I'm not sitting in it like this. Although, from time to time, if somebody's outside with me or whatever else, I'll kind of get in my hammock, and I'll sit in it. But what I love about this hammock and what it was really made for was for me to lay in it like this. And I love it. I mean, this is a very comfortable hammock. I started doing a little research on a hammock, and I found out that they've been around for over 1,000 years. How many of you knew that? How many of you own a hammock? Okay, all right, good. Y'all know what I'm talking about, then. But I, they, they were—they've they, been around for about a thousand years. They actually think that they originated with the Mayans in Central America. And, and the reason they did this, that they, that they did this was it was created to get them off the ground, to get them up off the ground, away from uh, you know dirty floors. And then of course, you know many of them have dirt floors, and, and, and they would build their places where in heavy torrential rain, some of the rainwater would come into their house. And so they, they made these. they, uh, I guess, invented these or created these, to get them off of the floor, to get them off of the dirt, off of the water, but then also to get them away from snakes come on, and to get them away from rodents and other poisonous things like that, and uh, which I thought was pretty cool uh, that, you know, that they would create this. Now, I also started thinking about individuals, when I see these hammocks, the Eno, they'll advertise them like putting them way up in the tops of trees and, and, and putting them on the sides of cliffs and stuff like that. And, and I, I've often wondered, why would you want to hang off the side of a cliff? Now, see, in Louisiana, we can put them up in the trees. We don't really have a whole lot of, like, major things. We, we, we kind of, the, the snakes and the rodents and things you want to get off the ground for. But let me just say this. I would not want to be in one of these, the only downside to being in one of these, in, like, a Colorado or Montana, because normally it's not, I don't have it hooked to this stand. I normally have them hooked to trees. You can kind of have to hook, you know, put them in trees and stuff. There's some straps that go with them, but, but I wouldn't want to have this set up in like Colorado or Montana, where I'm about this far off the ground, because, uh, you know, as you're laying down like this, you actually start to look like a human burrito to the bears. It's just me. I just a thought that I had. I always think about stuff like that, but I, I enjoy this hammock, and uh, I wanted to use this hammock this morning as kind of like a uh, uh, an illustration about the Sabbath, and uh, and so I want to look at a couple of things. Now, the first thing we're going to look at this morning is the purpose of the Sabbath, the purpose of the Sabbath. Look what it says in Genesis chapter two, verses one through three, it says this. It says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work. Now, the the purpose of my hammock is to cause me to rest. My wife got this for me so that when I come home from maybe a long day of counseling or do, you know, doing leadership things or planning stuff at the church or meeting with individuals or whatever else is studying and stuff like that, she got this for me because she knows I like being outside so that I would be able to go out in my backyard and I could get in this to basically shut down some people, they have their ways that they shut down. They may go home and get in front of the TV and kind of veg and lose, them, lose themselves in it. Some people go and they lose themselves in a, in a book or whatever it may be. But, but I, I love this. I don't get to use it as much. Matter of fact, I remember when my wife and I first bought our house and, and I put a swimming pool in. She loved. That's how my wife loses herself is she gets in the swimming pool. I always tell everybody that during the summertime, my wife grows gills because she spends so much time in that swimming pool, she loves it. But for me, I'm not a big swimming pool person. I love laying in this hammock. But there are times when this hammock is sitting out there, and it's not being used because I've gotten real busy. I, I, I get busy doing this or doing that. A lot of times, you know, and, and some of you may or may not know this, but for pastors, our job doesn't go from 8 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon or 5 to 4, 8, whatever it may be. Really and truthfully, our times as ministers, it's 24-7. I'll get phone calls, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning or uh, different things. And some things you can kind of shut off. Some things you can't shut off. When people are, in, are hurting, when people are in need, when people are, are you know, are at a desperate place in their life and, and they're looking for something, that's what we do. But there are times when I've got to try to take and, and I've got to get in this and I've got to just shut it down. The purpose of my hammock Is so that I will forget about things, pull back, take a break. When you think about what Jesus, what God did on the seventh day, the the He was take He wasn't taking a rest because He was tired. Because you understand, God doesn't get tired. But here's why God rested. If you look at the the Hebrew word "rested," the word in the Hebrew is "shabbath." It's a verb. Now, this is what it means. It means to cease. Desist from labor, rest, to remove from. The root word is is actually breath, uh, but the definition is to breathe in. So when God, after he finished creating everything, what he did was he stepped back and he took a breath. How many of you moms can uh, identify with this Because when you're in the middle of, stop that, put that down, come here, quit that. Will you leave that alone? Don't go there. Get back over here. I'm going to whip you. That's it. Leave that alone. From time to time, mom, you have to do this number here. (sighs) Lord Jesus, right now I'm coming to you. I need you, Jesus. (laughs) Any mother, that was you this morning. I I thought so. What, What are you doing? You are stepping back from your labors, from your work, from your correcting, from your engaging in what you're supposed to be doing, you're taking a step back and you're, ta- and you're taking a deep breath. Well, you know what God did? God created everything and when he was done, he stepped back and he just reflected on what he had done. He just enjoyed and, and, and looked at everything that he had done and he took a break. You know the thing that I love about my, my hammock is that when I get in this thing, I don't bring, one, one rule that I have is, I don't bring my cell phone when I get in this. It stays inside, it stays away from me. But here's what I love. I love that whenever I get in this hammock, that I can take and sit in here, and when I'm using it the way it should be, the only time I really sit on the side is somebody comes out, and, and they want to talk with me, well then I'll turn around. Unless it's, I don't know, some people I'll just hide myself. The thing I love about this hammock is it kind of just hide yourself. You can close it. I actually have a, how many of you know in Louisiana you need a bug shield over? I, I've got that too, yeah. I, I got the tarp too for those days that my wife and I are having intense fellowship. So. Just joking. But, but here's the thing that I love about this hammock. When I lay in this hammock, I can't see anything that's going on on the sides of me. Now, I want you to, I'm going to ask you this question. If I'm laying in this hammock, what direction am I looking? Say it again. Okay. The thing I love about this hammock is that when I lay in here, the only place that I can look is up. The Sabbath is an opportunity that when we pull away from everything that we've been doing, our labors, our, our, our work, parenting, uh, you know, our, our husband, our marriage, whatever, we step back and we, and they, it- forces us to look up. When I'm looking up here, I don't see anything else that's going on around me, and I can focus on God and what he's done. A lot of times when I'm looking up, I'm looking up at the sky, and I can see how everything is kind of moving around in the sky, the formation of the clouds, and it just constantly reminds me of how amazing our God is, because that cloud that is there today is not like any other cloud that's ever been there before. What I'm visualizing, what I'm seeing, if a a bird flies by, it's never happened before. It lets me know how amazing my God is, how incredible he is. It gives me an opportunity to reflect on all the things that he's done in my life because I'm not focusing on all of the other stuff that's going on. I don't have to, when I'm when I'm in my hammock and I'm looking up, it allows me to take a deep inward look at what all God has done in my life. And it allows me to shut everything off because there are times, listen, when you're in the thick of parenting, when you're in the thick of your marriage, when you're in the thick of your job, when you're in the the thick of ministry and outreach and opportunities and all of that stuff, there are moments when you have to step back and reflect on the goodness of God. You've got to reflect on all the great things that he's done in your life. Because if you stay in the middle of everything all of the time, you can quickly lose focus of who God is. You can become human's doing and not human's being. I started thinking about our military men and women, and I started thinking about From time to time, in fact, I was uh, in between services. I got a text message from a friend of mine who's in the service, and he's in the reserves, and he's over in Iraq right now, and and I haven't seen him in a a while. And I got a text message a while ago from him, and he just says, hey, man, haven't been able to go to church in a long time being over here. So thankful I got to catch you online. Great message. Uh, And I started thinking, when, when when our military men and women go over, they're in the thick of everything. And then, what happens over a period of time is our, our military higher ups, they pull them out of the battle that they are in. And what do they, they bring them back. Why do they do that? Because if they kept them in the thick of the battle all of the time, it would be overwhelming. So they have to pull them back and allow them to regroup, allow them to refuel. You know what the Sabbath does for us? It allows us to regroup, it allows us to refuel. It allows us to gather our thoughts again. It allows us to appreciate everything that God has done for us. It allows us to reflect on his goodness. The whole point of the Sabbath is joy in what God has done for us. So we say if it's God's perfect will that he put the Sabbath as a priority, then why isn't it a priority for us? So we look at the second thing. We look at the practice of the Sabbath. Think about this in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. It says this. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work, This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and your uh, foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart. Isn't it interesting that in the midst of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt honor your mother and your father, thou shalt not commit adultery. He puts in there... Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. We, we don't really think about that magnitude. I mean, you think about it, I, I, you know, we don't think about keeping the Sabbath as the same, on the same level as don't kill somebody and don't, you know, don't commit adultery. Oh, by the way, keep the Sabbath holy. Wait, wait, where, where did that? You, I believe the reason God put this in here is because without us understanding who God is and what God has done for us and left to our own devices, left to our own thoughts and our, our own actions and our own way of living, how many of you know we can get in a bad place? How many of you remember what it was like before you came to Christ? How many of you remember whenever you were just kind of doing what you wanted to do, living how you wanted to live and kind of going your own way? How many of you know you had, you had made a mess of things? Come on, look at the person next to you and say, oh, pastor's preaching about you now. So what does the Sabbath do? The Sabbath pulls us back and makes us realize, wow, God, look what you've done with my life. Where would I be without you in my life? What kind of, if I was going down that path, where would I eventually, how many of you know, some of you in this place, if God had not intervened when he did, you might not even be here today. So the Sabbath is a time where we step back and we say, God, it's all about you. God, I understand that without you, I am going down fast because I've been down that road and I don't want to go down that road again. You know, the neat thing about the Sabbath is, is when things are chaotic and crazy, you step back, begin to reflect on God. And all of a sudden, he reminds you of all the things that he's pulled you out of. He reminds you of all the changes that's been made in your life. He reminds you of all the blessings that's been poured over you. And in that moment, now all of a sudden, you can catch your breath and say, okay, I've been a lot worse than this. And now I understand, God, you've got me exactly where you want me. And I understand that I'm going to a place now that you're in control. And it's going to be okay. You know, the thing about this hammock it doesn't do me any good to have this hammock. Normally, it's not on this stand. Normally, it's wrapped around a tree. But y'all don't have trees here in the stage. Doesn't understand it. We can have them at the Mall of Louisiana. They got trees all over there. Why can't we put them on the stage here? But anyway, just a thought. If y'all come here next week with trees all over this place, y'all thank me for that right there. We might have more people come to the church if we actually have trees in here. Ooh, that's like the woods. But anyway. This hammock does no good strapped right here if I don't use it. Here's the thing about this hammock. I can get in this, I, I can take and I, I, and I love this hammock. I can study this hammock. This is an Eno hammock. I don't know where they're made at. I don't know all that kind of stuff. And, but I, I can study about the hammock and find out about the material it's made of and what, you know, how they put the ropes and what knots they have in it and the seamstress, find out who did the seamstress work on this and where did they come up with the logo. And I, I can find out its origin and the history and all that. But listen to me if I don't get in this hammock, it is nothing, it's of no use to me. If I don't use this hammock, if if my wife gives it to me, here you go, I I want you to use this, and I just set it up in my backyard, and all it does this time of the year is just collect leaves, because that's what it does if you leave it out there. What good good is that hammock for me? I, I don't know the benefits of this hammock if I don't use it. I won't understand, I won't be able to reflect and, and, and I won't be able to get rest in my body if I don't come out here and I don't utilize it. In the same way, if we don't practice the Sabbath, we'll never know the benefits of it. If we, if we, don't, if we don't practice the Sabbath, we'll never understand. If we don't practice the Sabbath, we will get wore out because here's the truth. You are not wired to do life by yourself. God created you. No matter how powerful you think you are, no matter how many times you spend at the gym. You know, I think about Pastor Mike, and I think about his, you know, he works out, and we were talking this past week about things that we enjoy. I love to hunt and fish and go hiking and spend time in the woods. He loves the gym. That's the place where he kind of finds his solace. He's able to clear his thoughts and, and everything else. As much time as Pastor Mike spends at the gym, as big as his biceps get, as muscular as he thinks he is. (laughs) Pastor Mike has his breaking point. Pastor Mike has his limitations. Pastor Mike, if he doesn't practice the Sabbath in his life, no matter how big he is, We'll break down. You can do all the self-help videos on YouTube, read all the self-help books that you want to read. You can do all of the things. You can go to counselors and you can do all, you can take medicines. Listen, if you don't shut it down, back up and get along with the one who created you, you won't last You see it in people every single day. Our bodies were made so that from time to time we step back. Our minds were made so that we would step back and reflect on God and understand that we are not doing this by ourselves, that we have the greatest resource of all times in a relationship with our Father to get us through anything that we have. You know, the thing about the Sabbath is it causes us to disengage from our labor and re-engage with our Father. You know, I, I can, uh, one of the, and if you're married, you understand this, a lot of times some of the issues that we have in our marriages is that we get so busy raising children building a home, doing our jobs, all these different things, being busy. Listen, at Healing Place Church, we give you plenty of opportunities to engage in some type of ministry, men's ministry, women's ministry, got you know all kind of different outreaches and different things, and these are all great things. But in our marriages, if we don't take time to step back and get with our spouse to re-engage and reconnect, how many of you know, it's not going to be long. That marriage is not going to make it. In the same sense, if we, we can be busy doing ministry, doing very, very good things, but if we don't take time to step back and re-engage with our Father, we'll burn out, we'll fall, we'll collapse. If we don't prioritize rest, we'll find ourselves in bondage. Look what Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 7 says. It says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. Listen to this. And seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. This is what God's perfect will for you is, that you be seated with him at rest in Him, at peace in Him, exceeding in riches and abundance of mercy and grace forever and ever. That's not just when we get to heaven. How many of you know that we can experience that right now? We get an opportunity to experience a bit of heaven right here, right now. But the problem is, we don't step back and take it and make it a priority to practice the Sabbath. And I can tell you this. You know, I started thinking about this a while ago when I was, I was reflecting on the message. I always reflect on the message you know, in between services. I started thinking about this. The Sabbath is not limited to a particular day. Let me explain that. If the Sabbath was strictly on a Sunday, then what do we do for the men and women that work shift work? Do they never get a Sabbath? Well, they need to quit their job. Well, maybe so. But here's the reality. The Sabbath, if if we believe what the Scripture says right here, that we are seated, seated with Jesus in heavenly places and that we are to experience that rest with him every day, then that tells me that the Sabbath is something that we get to live in every single day. Think about that. You can live in the Sabbath every day of your life, the Sabbath of of, of having the peace and, and comfort and joy and grace and mercy. That's what God wants us to experience every single day of our life. But that doesn't happen unless you know, number three, the person of the Sabbath. We talked about the purpose of the Sabbath. The practice of the Sabbath. Now let's look at the person of the Sabbath. We we sang this song a while ago, and I was looking out when I was sitting over here. I was kind of looking out to see who was engaging. I saw a couple of y'all not engaging. We'll talk after. Sir, so I'm just joking. I just, it's not, not true. Got that camera? Y'all think that camera's just kind of to show on Facebook? No, we got all of you right here. We we, we know when you're truly preaching singing or not. I'm just it's not true. But I started thinking about the last song that we sang. You have no rival. You have no equal. Yours is the name above all names. Think about that. You have no rival. You have no equal. Your name is above all names. That is an amazing song. How many would you agree? Incredible song. Some of you, man, when you're singing, boy, you're singing it with everything on the, I love people that are passionate about their worship. I love people that when they're, man, when they're worshiping, it's like, no. I mean, they make some crazy faces. Come on, you know that person. That's you. Somebody's come up to you before like, whoa, you were really into that song, weren't you? Ooh, a little over the top, would you say? It's like, and then you look at them in that spiritual voice, there's nothing over the top for Jesus. <laughs> but you know how it is. Just, we sing that song, you have no rival. I mean, we're singing it, man. We're out there and everything. But but, do you sing that same song when the doctor's report came in and it didn't actually was what you thought it was going to be? Is, is this, does he not have a rival and is, is there no equal and is this still the name above all names when you didn't get the promotion at your job that you thought you were going to give, it went to somebody else to who you thought was less qualified? Is it still the name above all names? Is it still the no rival, no equal when your marriage is in shambles see see the, the the only reason that we can actually experience the sabbath is if we know the one who is the sabbath hebrews chapter 4 verses 9 through 11 it says this so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of god how many of you in here consider yourself to be the people of god So there is a special rest still waiting for those, for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Now he's not saying, this is after you pass away, this is after you make it into heaven. He's saying, no, no, no. You can have that rest right now, every single day of your life. Let us enter that rest and do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. What he's saying is, when you choose to do it your way, you will fall. When you try to do it in your own strength, when you try to go about it your own way, when you live under your own opinions and your own thought processes, and you don't trust in him, and you don't follow him, and you're not obedient to his word, you're not going to have rest. There's a chance to cease from our labor and striving so that we may clearly consider the the sufficiency of Christ's work on the cross. We don't have to work day and night to prove ourselves because the reality is God's already made us worthy. You don't have to do anything anymore. You know, the one thing that the scripture says, he who the son has set free is free indeed. And I, I've thought about that passage of scripture so much. And here's what I realize. The freedom comes in that I don't have to live up to someone else's expectations. I don't have to live up to what other people think I should be. I live my life every day to say, God, did I please you today? God, God what I did today, did it bring honor to your name? Did it bring glory to your name? It doesn't matter what they think about me. It doesn't matter if I don't have any friends on Facebook or if they don't like my pictures on Instagram or they they unfollowed me on Twitter. God, do you still love me? God, that's all that matters. I can rest. I will put my head down every night and sleep peacefully. God, because I know that you love me. I know that I've got that peace in you. That's true Sabbath. That I don't have to walk around and wonder. I love what the author Tim Keller says. He says this. After creation, God said, it is finished, and then he rested. After redemption, Jesus said, it is finished, and then we rested. Because there was nothing else to do. There's nothing left for us to do. Jesus did it all. We don't have to strive anymore. We don't have to fret anymore. We don't have to worry anymore. When we don't know God or what he's done for us, we will never know true rest. If we say we know God and we have a relationship with him and yet we're consumed with strife and worry and anxiety and fear, then you don't truly know the God that I know. Either we believe he is all we need, or we don't believe at all. I heard a pastor this week make a comment. He said, One of the issues with the church today is they're living a modern day the- uh, atheism and don't even realize it. And then he explained, He said, This is what modern day atheism is in the church. It's the individual that gets up and says, I love God. God's my Lord. He's Jesus. He's Savior. You have no rival, you have no equal. But then our lives are full of stress and worry and anxiety and fear. How can they exist? Either He is our everything or He is nothing. Either you believe Him 100% or you don't believe Him at all. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to HealingPlaceChurch.org or give us a call at 225 753 Two two seven three.